is a little bit of the finale of a piece by Claude Debussy, the Sonata for Flute, Viola, and Harp, which I think would have been a, a pretty unusual instrumentation at the time. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted, and on today's program, I'm talking about new music for the harp. And you know, in this day and age, you can't write for the harp and not come to terms with this ensemble, the flute, viola, and harp that Debussy created. It's become a very popular ensemble. Almost, I think of the way that Haydn created the string quartet, and you know, it hadn't existed before, and he did a really good job, of course, writing those string quartets, and so it's become a ubiquitous ensemble. And I wouldn't say that flute, viola, harp is ubiquitous necessarily, but it's certainly around. There are an awful lot of groups doing this, and of course they can play the Debussy, but what else do they have to play, really? So they're doing a lot of commissioning and creating a really fascinating and diverse array of new music for this ensemble. Let's have a listen to a piece for this instrumentation by Japanese composer Toru Takemitsu, Then I Knew Twas Wind, based on a poem by Emily Dickinson. This is a really fascinating piece because you're absolutely going to hear the influence of that Debussy trio, but you're also going to hear these really wonderful haunting effects that kind of call to mind a lot of Japanese folk music. Let's have a listen to Aurel Nicolette on flute, Nobuko Imai on viola, and Naoko Yoshino on harp, performing Then I Knew It Was Wind by Toru Takamitsu. Thank you. 
Like rain, it sounded till it curved, and then I knew t'was wind. Beautiful music there by composer Toru Takemitsu, inspired by an Emily Dickinson poem, and written for flute, viola, and harp. We heard Aurel Nicolette, flute, Nobuko Imai, viola, Nyoko Yoshino, harp. Again, a very popular ensemble ever since Claude Debussy first wrote for it in 1915. And I think we definitely can hear the Claude Debussy influence in the Takemitsu, but there's so much else going on. The piece is a lot more expansive than, than Debussy ever was. There's a lot of space in Takemitsu's music. He's not in a hurry at all. I think there's a very spiritual quality to it. It reminds me of a Japanese watercolor in its kind of austere, spare beauty. Let's turn now to a piece, Drawings for Miyoko by Angelica Negron. This is for the same instrumentation, flute, viola, and harp, but it's a very different setting, although I would say it is kind of an outgrowth of the Takemitsu in that it it uses a lot of sound effects to create a sort of spatial, kind of imaginary landscape. This is the Janus Trio performing. Thank you. 
Drawings for Miyoko by Angelica Negrone, performed by the Janus Trio. The viola player is instructed in the piece to crumple up paper uh, directly into the microphone at the beginning and the end of the piece. So it's that very distinctive sound. It sounds like white noise or water. You can't quite place what it is. It's actually her crumpling up paper. So that kind of bookends the piece. And then you hear those uh, wonderful electronics. It's just a kind of a motor rhythm going, the electronics at all times. And then the harp, the viola, and the flute kind of riff on those electronics over and over. And after a while, it becomes difficult to tell who's doing what really, really an imaginative use of, of the harp and of, of that trio setting, flute, viola, and harp. Let's turn now to a different composer, Luciano Berrio. And here he is reacting kind of against French Impressionism. And I'm just going to read the program notes from the CD where he says, French Impressionism has left us with a rather limited vision of the harp, as if its most obvious characteristic were that of lending itself to the attentions of loosely robed girls with long blonde tresses, capable of drawing from it nothing more than seductive glissandi. But the harp also has another harder, stronger, more aggressive face. Sequenza 2 seeks to illuminate certain of these faces, even making them appear simultaneously. Let's listen to Frederic Camberlin perform Sequenza 2 by Luciano Berrio.
Harpist Frederic Camberlin performing Berrios Sequenza II for the solo harp. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show that features the music of contemporary composers. Today's subject is new music for the harp. You can find out more information about the show on our Facebook page or online at relevanttones.com. I had a great chance to tour the Lion and Healy factory, one of the great makers of harps uh, that happens to be here in Chicago. It was such a great experience to see, well, one, just to be in a room full of 100 harps. It was almost intimidating. (laughs) It's such a beautiful instrument. And then two, to kind of know more about how the harp works. It doesn't work like a violin. You don't uh, depress the string to change the pitch. The strings are all tuned the way that they are to a major scale. But instead, there are seven pedals that, when depressed, tighten the string and change the pitch of each of the strings. So the composer has to tell the harpist how he wants the harp tuned, and the harpist has to change the pedals during the piece to accommodate the melody. I think it's amazing what's required of the harpist in terms of independence of the hands and feet to be able to play the instrument. So just imagine what the harpist is going through as we listen to this next piece by Hans Werner Henze. This is a really interesting trio that he put together. Three string instruments, harp, mandolin, and guitar, a very distinct sound. It's in three movements, carillon, recitative, and mask. We're going to listen to the carillon movement, performed here by the Noble Fowl Trio. Thank you. 
The Carillon Movement of Carillon Recitatif and Mask by composer Hans Werner Henze. What a fascinating piece. Harp, mandolin, and guitar to, uh, to imagine, first of all, that combination and, and then the sounds that he gets. It reminds me kind of of the film composer Ennio Morricone a lot of times there. We heard Claire Happel, Jeremy Harding, and James Moore performing. I'm playing new music for the harp on today's program, and we've heard composers who are writing for the now standard ensemble of harp, viola, and flute. We've heard composers who are seeking out new sounds for the harp, but, you know, there are other reasons that people would write for the harp in this day and age also, including that harpists themselves are looking for a new repertoire. As in the case of composer Misha Zupko, who was approached by the American Harp Association to write a piece that they could use for their student competitions. This piece, though, Despedida, was such a really wonderful musical piece. It's more than a study, more than a competition piece, that it has become a part of the harpist repertoire, and I think it really is kind of a harpist's harp piece. Let's have a listen to Julianne Smith perform Despedida by Misha Zupko.
Despedida by Misha Zupko, performed there by Julie Ann Smith, solo harp. A piece that started its life as a competition piece for aspiring young harp students, but has become part of the harp repertoire, and I think it's easy to hear why. Well, sometimes for composers, one harp is not enough. And that is certainly the case with Stephen Taylor, who wrote a wonderful piece called Unfurl. And what you're going to hear in this piece is that he's detuned certain strings of the harp. So for those of us who are used to our Western scale, it's going to sound a little out of tune. It's a really wonderful effect. Let's have a listen to Duo Scorpio perform Unfurl by Stephen Taylor. Thank you. 
Harps there, performing Unfurl by Stephen Taylor. We heard Duo Scorpio. As I was doing research for this show, I was really struck by how much harp music there actually is. It was even harder than normal for me to narrow it down to just the pieces that I was able to feature on today's program. There are so many composers that are inspired to write for the harp, that are interested in what the harp can do, and especially interested, I think, in, in pushing the sonic boundaries and really finding new sounds that the harp can make. So I hope that you enjoyed the harp, because I know for a fact that this is a subject I'll definitely be returning to in the future. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McWhorters at WFMT, with special thanks to Brett Lewis. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, Carol Joins and Abby O'Neill, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm your host, Seth Bosted, and thank you very much for listening.